0: Welcome,
1: everybody, to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So, Hannah, you know how we spoke about the ick last week, mm-hmm. Megan from our team listened to that episode and she was actually listening to a, um, a 70s like disco song. I don't know if you know it's that If You Could Read mum. Yeah, I know it. That one. Yep. Um, and there's a lyric in it and she goes, I swear this song is about the ick. And the lyric is, I don't know where we went wrong, but the feeling's gone and I just can't get it back. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so true. I think they knew in the 70s what the ick was. I don't think it was Ally McBeal that invented it. I actually had
0: a um I saw a really funny meme. I'm just going to pull it up. Mm. Someone tweeted, "How can someone say she got the ick cuz her man tried to merge lanes and no one would let him in?" <laughs> <laughs> That's can so you- true. Can you imagine <laughs> being in the car with someone <laughs> and he's trying to merge lanes and you're like, "No, I can't. <laughs> I can't move on from that." And you got the ick. <laughs> That is so funny. How sad that we can actually imagine that happening. I know. I can imagine getting an egg from that.
1: Uh, Same. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, how's the preparation for Thailand coming along? Are we are we Uh, feeling confident we're gonna get there? No,
0: absolutely not confident. Like Omicron. I was listening to CoronaCast mm. this morning. I never listen to CoronaCast. It's the daily ABC podcast about coronavirus. And I is was like, "Still going? Right. Yeah, it's
1: still going." Oh, that's so such they, a novelty when it first
0: started. The <laughs> last two episodes have been about Omnicron. Omnicron. Uh, could they mm. have chosen a better name? It doesn't roll yeah. off the tongue. It doesn't. Omnicron. Yeah. Like alpha, beta, delta. Sure. Yeah. But Omnicron. It sounds yeah. like what is that? Sounds like a Marvel character. <laughs> I don't know where I wouldn't comes. know. I don't watch um, Marvel movies. <laughs> No, you do. I watch, yeah. Did I say that before? Right? Yeah. I don't know why I watch Marvel movies. I went to yeah. see the Eternals the other night and I was like, why am I here? What um, is that? The Eternals. It's the new yeah. Marvel movie. Okay. <laughs> and I hate Marvel Duh. movies, yet I've seen them all. Um. Yeah. And I think I'm a little bit nervous because. I mean, there's, the media is making a really big deal about it, I mm. think. But um, from that Corona cast, I think it was just it's too early to tell. And they yeah. ho- the hope is that it's less serious. Like it might mm. spread more easily. But if it's mild, if there's milder kind of symptoms, that's a good thing. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not getting my hopes up, but I'm going to need to have a plan B because I feel very directionless in Melbourne at the moment.
1: Yep. I think yeah. a lot of people would relate to that though. Yeah. We've been through the absolute ringer down here. We have. We have. And I think people are just feeling like what's actually important in life, you know, after being locked inside for legitimately 2 years. If
0: the borders close again and I am going to have to come up with some sort of plan B.
1: Yeah. Byron? Yeah,
0: I actually said to Ruby my sister cuz we've booked we're both going to Thailand and we said mm-hmm. that if borders close we might just do a road trip together, mm-hmm. spend a month Queen, oh, can't even go to Queensland probably. So yeah, <laughs> I think we're just going to be stuck in maybe in Victoria and New mm. South Wales. Just do so, an up
1: and back of Sydney and Melbourne.
0: Yeah. So we, I don't know, I'll be pretty upset.
1: Yeah. What
0: What would you do if we went back into lockdown? Like what, what would you do? How would you feel?
1: I actually can't even think about it. Okay. I think I'd actually have a mental breakdown. I don't think I can handle another.
0: I've done every puzzle on Booktopia. I don't know what I would mm. do. Like I literally don't yeah. know. I've watched everything. I'm re-watching The Blacklist. I've already watched The Blacklist, re-watching oh. it again. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm
1: at. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I made good use of the time last year because I was studying at the same time, mm-hmm. or this year. Um, so, yeah, I managed to waste a fair bit of time in lockdown doing that and that's made me feel like I didn't completely waste two years yeah. of my life, but at the same time very much did so <sighs> let's just yeah. hope i'm hoping let's, that i can fingers just... crossed let's not even pull that out into the universe we're, <laughs> we're getting out and we're gonna be free this is not going to be an issue all right well what is on today's episode joe so on today's episode i actually put a question box up on my stories um matt and i were talking about topics and he said what about backhanded beauty compliments and i thought that's mm. a great idea so we're doing that for our crunchy convo we had lots of uh submissions for that and then we're talking about cosmetic formulation and our products we didn't know we needed.
0: You've given me more backhanded beauty compliments than I care to remember. Me? I feel like yes, although you you? yours yours aren't backhanded they're just like straight direct. up. They're and just direct. and direct comments. That's true. <laughs> Very, very I don't think comments. I've given you backhanded ones. Trying to think if I've had any backhanded beauty compliments. What about just backhanded compliments in yeah, general? Yeah. So I was on a date. I'd like, I remember I'd gained a bit of weight and I went on a date with this guy, and he had me on Facebook and he'd obviously stalked my like 21st birthday pics where I was like really thin and he was like you in the car on the way he dropped me off and he's like you used to be really thin and I was like (laughs) so devastated. This is
1: what came out of this is that there was a lot of fat phobic comments there was a lot of um you know borderline racist comments as well Mm. like it just God, we just deal with a lot, and a lot of those ones that came through was like, "Oh yeah, a guy told me this on a date," or like, yeah. you know, this was from an, an uncle or something like that." Just no awareness. I never forgot that comment, and yeah, he. A lot of people said that.
0: I've never been able to forget this comment. I, it doesn't bo- it like doesn't bother me now because I mm. think that's his
1: problem. But hundred percent.
0: I think I was already at that point feeling bad because I'd gained weight, and so then he just like really dug that.
1: Mm. dagger in
0: deeper so yeah I think that's probably the worst one that I've had though I haven't yeah I don't think I've had anything recently I probably have
1: you oh I noticed that there was um quite a few sexist ones in there as well Mm. classic um I actually recently and I just thought this was so funny at the time yeah um so I was on this date and um he walked me back to my car And I really pride myself on being a very good driver and a very good parker. Like I can park anywhere. It's something that I really pride myself on. But obviously there is this stereotype of women not being as good a driver as men. So Mm -hmm. I'm parked in this like tight parallel park and he goes, oh, my God, did you park that? (sighs) And I was like, "Who the f- else would have parked it?" Who <laughs> I parked that? What kind of comment is that? Um, so yeah, there was definitely a lot of um, sexist comments that came through as well. Mm. But do do you want me to get to reading a few of these? Let's,
0: let's hear them. All
1: right. Love your curls. Mine look like that, but I hate them, so I straighten it. I mean, I probably, I probably said that. <laughs> I,
0: probably mean love, uh-huh. I don't know if I've said it, but I've definitely had curly hair. And someone's like, oh, my God, that looks so nice. And I'm like, oh, I hate it. Like mm, I've said that yeah,
1: about my Yeah, okay. Curls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another one, I loved your hair. Why would you have to change it? <laughs> That's just really
0: hurtful. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Can't do anything <laughs> um, about it now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I actually did cut my hair short um, in my last relationship and I came home from cutting it. And I was like, do you like it? And he was like, oh, I prefer it longer. And I was oh, like, oh. <laughs> All right, Um, I can't put it back on, so (laughs) that was an unnecessary comment. Um, Another one that came through was, whenever actually is added to anything, you know that it's going to be bad. Um, You actually look pretty today. Oh
0: my God, that's so rude.
1: (laughs) So rude. Uh, This one I just thought was funny. Love your perfume. It reminds me of my car air freshener.
0: (laughs) That's so rude.
1: (laughs) Wow. A number of people sent this one through. You're so brave to wear that. I could never. Or things That's like, so you're so confident rude. to wear that. Um, I-, I could beyond. never be as confident as you. Things like that. I wow. see that on TikTok all the time, actually. Yeah. Um, you look oh. nice today. I didn't recognize you.
0: <laughs> I've had someone, I think I've had people say that to me as well. Really? I think I've had that before. Yeah. The, oh my God. One I didn't that... recognize you. You look so good today. Like
1: I think <laughs> I've had that. Someone said that. The one we get as women all the time is like, Oh, you look tired. it's like, I'm just not wearing makeup. F- off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another one oh. is, uh, see, you can look nice when you wear makeup. That's what Linda says to me every
0: time every I wear time. like glam makeup. She's like, "You should always do your makeup."
1: Your like dad that. says that too, doesn't
0: and he? My dad, my pa- my parents both think I look better with like full glam makeup. Oh, all yeah. right, <laughs> they're nice people. I promise.
1: Wow, I didn't think you'd be able to pull off yellow with your pale skin. Oh. That was like, remember, remember when I walked in? So I walked into the office one day wearing this like new dress, and Hannah goes oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? I feel like, do you know, I did say to
0: my sisters just had a baby and she was where, like, we're a very honest and direct family. And yeah. I walked in and it just – because I'm used to just saying it. We just say, like, she would say this to me. I was like, that's an interesting outfit. She just had the worst mum outfit on. Like, So were was- you saying what you were
1: trying to say to me then was, I hate that outfit? Uh,
0: I can't remember what you were wearing, but what I said to my sister and I felt bad. I'm like, oh, my God, sorry. I didn't. Because she just had a baby and I shouldn't be commenting uh, on her outfits. Yeah. But it was the, the worst room. outfit. Like, she's like, nothing fits. Don't be mean. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I did I did say sorry, but it was too late.
1: Uh, Um, another one that which you would have, you've had before, kind of, your face looks like Mm. a disco ball. Um, it was just oily.
0: Yeah. I've I've had you look really shiny. Yeah. Remember
1: I sent you a screenshot from Hinge the other day and the guy said, your face looks really shiny to me. (laughs) Yes. That was funny. (laughs) I was
0: like, I think he means it as a compliment. Yeah. I
1: think he did. Uh, me. I do my own brows, makeup artist. I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I really like this one. Nice shoes. Are they orthopedic? (laughs) (laughs) And she did add, "This was before like bad existed." Uh, And we'll round out with this one because I think it's relevant to to us two being single. Why are you still single? You're not that bad looking. It's because I'm
0: fussy. That's why. (laughs) I Uh, hate. I hate that. Like, you're a really good catch. Like, why are you still single? Yeah. It's because, like, I'm being I'm being fussy. Like, yeah. I
1: can't help or it. Or I get the ick about leather jackets with hoods. <laughs> I get the ick about everything, yeah. Yeah, unless you can merge into a lane. I don't want to hear it's, it. it. It's not that I'm bad looking. It's my personality. <laughs> like,
0: leave me alone. <laughs>
1: uh, well, thank you to everyone who sent in their backhanded compliments. I really enjoyed reading through them. Um, and, of course, again, send three icks. We want to hear them we're going to be talking about cosmetic formulation and we had to get an expert on to talk about this slash manufacturing actually rowan widdowson is the ceo of new laboratories and he has 34 years of experience in cosmetics manufacturing formulation and distribution so i don't think we could have found a better expert if i'm being honest welcome to the podcast rowan
2: Thank you for the opportunity. Good to speak with you.
1: No, it's great to have you here. So, look, you might not be able to disclose this because we know that, like, manufacturers can't really say what they've made sometimes, but if you can, what are some of the most popular cosmetic products you've been involved in manufacturing?
2: Okay, I can't say the names. Um, <laughs> in, our, in our world, it's like we're, the, we're, we're kind of like this little dirty secret behind the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> um, and clients don't like us talking about it. When people ask me, I describe it as you know, think of your favorite body lotion you love. That's probably coming from us. Mm -hmm. Probably a good portion of the clay masks you might see out there that people love and buy. That's probably coming from us. Mm -hmm. If you have a favorite palm-free body lotion, body wash product, that's probably coming Mm -hmm. from us. Um, Okay. um, We can
1: put two and two together then.
2: (laughs) In the nice way. I I don't describe colors, packaging. I just say, hey, look, Mm -hmm. It's probably coming from us. I think what we do, which is kind of interesting in our field, is we we marry up um, the concept of what the brand's after with a whole story and reason to exist. And I think that's one of the differences about new laboratories is we we don't just say, Oh great, it's a mask. We work on developing the story, the reasons the consumer's going to love it and obviously the efficacy of why that product's going to work. So we kind of have a bit of a standout approach because, you know, with myself and some of my key staff, we've worked on the brand side of the industry. Um, so we, we know what it's like to be out there as a brand, working with retailers and, and, and how to get noticed.
0: Mm. Um, and so what sort of trends in skincare manufacturing have you seen explode over the last decade?
2: Okay, it's, it's, it's a really good question. So if, if I go back, say 10, 15 years ago, when you had the naturals trend going, it was very much about organic, um, certified organic. Um, and I was involved in a lot of that space, so that was really interesting because it was almost this fringe type of area. But probably around 2015, and it was kind of around that time when I suppose Instagram started to take a lot, of, lot more relevance in the sale process, that kind of morphed into Clean Beauty. And Clean Beauty then became that sort of takeover from the organic side. And that's, that's probably been a blessing. As well as a as a little bit of a um, a chain around many brands' necks, because the trend has gone. People want to know it's natural, it's clean, but there's no real definition. So from mm-hmm. that sort of point of view, it's it's a little bit about how to pivot your brand into that space, and I think that's the big challenge. So you've seen like Drunk Elephant, which probably is the best example that mm-hmm. came out of that. You know, they started it, I think, around 2012, and grew quite rapidly on the back of that. So the trend Mm -hmm. on that side, the other side I think what's really interesting which is emerging a lot more now because we're thinking about sustainability is where did your product come from? Mm -hmm. Um, That's Mm -hmm. a really big issue because, you know, it's not just about, you know, governments get together and they talk about carbon emissions. It's about how far did your ingredients travel to get to where it is? What was the ethical sourcing of it behind there? So a lot more about provenance, is really sort of seeping into everyday um, brands where, you know, even a couple of years ago, if you said to a client, let's think about sustainability, it was like packaging. Um, mm. it, it wasn't about what's in the product. And when you have that beauty routine you love, the one of the things I think is really important for people to start thinking about is how did that impact upon somebody down the track? What was the ethical sourcing of it? How far did it have to travel to get to you? And I think that's a really big, really big question mark for the industry these days. I mean, a bit of an extension on that, it's, it's where we've seen palm-free products become a lot more relevant because of impacts upon rainforests where you have, um, you know, orangutans as their, you know, that's their primary home and we use so much palm material. So it's now brands thinking about the sustainability of that.
1: Mm, that's a really good point. Um, so what do you predict based on all of that knowledge you've clearly got? What do you predict the next skincare trend will be?
2: That's for the for the we'll call it the for the innovative brave brands, okay. So think Mm -hmm. about six seven years ago when clean beauty was coming up. Um, I think the innovative brave brands are going to have a lot more focus on developing products with the whole provenance element in mind. Effectively, you can do so many things to a product, but you can't make it better unless you start drilling back into what it is this product stands for and you know, the next generation of consumers coming through are a lot more savvy. I mean, we always talk Mm. about millennials and their impact, but we don't talk about, you know, the current crop coming through, about how they're going to view the world and and, and its impact. And I think one of the other elements, and I think COVID has made this really apparent in our world, where supply chains in terms of accessing raw materials and even physically getting them to our doorstep here has become a massive challenge, that even right now we're thinking about, Um, you know, where are we going to source that material? How far does it have to come? Who are the manufacturers of these materials? A lot more transparency in the process. And, you know, I I think you will see in the years to come that you'll have a QR code on a product, you'll click it, it'll tell you all about the ingredients, where they've come from, um, drilling right down to which part of the world did that shea butter come from and how it was sourced. And I think that's putting, I think, brands not on notice but... Really giving them a heads up that if you don't start thinking about it now, you you will be left behind mm. in that next sort of next stage. And th- this is not about you know major corporations having the resources to do this. I mean, companies like ourselves. I mean, we're already starting to do that for, for some of our brands. We we're drilling down into these elements, and it's about you know crafting that next. Startup to uh, to have to have that intel in, in hand, and that, that is going to be one of the big reasons people will buy, be buying brands.
0: You said about um, consumers being more savvy. Like I even remember when I was younger, and Joe, it, it wouldn't have been that long ago where you had brands where you didn't actually know what was in it, or it was mm. just like plumping, or you know. But now, yeah. like people have like we experience this. People are very specific about the ingredients that they want in their product, and even percentages.
1: Yeah, as as consumers get savvier, it's like the brands need to become more transparent because otherwise they're not going to be trusted.
0: Oh, look, one hundred
2: percent. I mean, I, I think you know, there's obvious things that if it's just a cleanser or just a moisturizer, what's in it, and and what's the what's the next ingredient that could be used to substitute something that's probably has an environmental issue in terms of its manufacturing, but also has a direct impact upon upon your skin health, which is a really big issue. But definitely. Mm-hmm things about, oh, gee, it's, it's moisturising, congratulations, it's moisturising. Why is it moisturising? What, what mm. is it doing? And I've, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've tracked some of the comments from our existing brands that we, we make for, and you read it and you go, I didn't think a consumer would even be thinking about that. And it's, so it's being mm. responsive with that level of transparency or that level of openness because if you're going to remove something, tell people and tell them why. It's not about, mm-hmm. oh, gee, that's bad. It's about why are we removing it um, mm-hmm. or why are we adding this? I mean, brands, I've got to say brands, a brand I use every day myself is Dr. Hauschka. And when I'm talking to prospective clients and I say to them, well, what's your story? What's your reason for being in business? Um, you know, fantastic. You want to be a brand. I was like, that's what we're here for. But what is the reason for existence? And I, and I always give an example. And I say it's, it's not about fitting into that $30 to $50 price point because that's what you think consumers want to pay for. It's about fitting, fitting into a category that's going to produce results, has provenance, has history, has quality. And I say, look, you know, I spend $120 on my, on my moisturizer, even though we make lots of brands. I've used this for a long time. I know what's in it. It's something about the communication strategy of the brand that gives you the confidence. I mean, I know technically, but if I wasn't in this space, I would I'd look at the communication and how that product's going to operate based on what it's not promising. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really a really important thing. So mm. it's, it's not over-promising. It delivers what it does and it's really great. And I talk about skin health a lot and I think that's a really important thing. It's not just about, wow, that gives you that instant, you know, tightness or firmness. It's about the long-term uh, longevity of the product for your skin. It's
1: actually funny you say that because anytime time Hannah or I see like, you know magic or miracle we're like oh please
2: mm. <laughs> well, well, I mean I'm, I'm gonna share my age but you know um, it's probably going back about 20 years and uh, probably on the market still there was a product called freeze 24 and it was this instant tightening product um, and it sold massively I mean it's not a hard product to develop and make it was it was about it gave you this instant firmness and then you wake up to the next morning you're back to where you started <laughs> yeah um, so <laughs> that's not criticizing the brand and what it did because it was only it was saying what it did so there's nothing wrong with that yeah. it's about if you want to look at it from a long-term point of view then step back and say what is it that i love and what what can it do for me and i'm going to say you don't have to spend 120 dollars to get the same experience um mm-hmm. you know you can go look at um the ordinary they've got you know a really interesting range of products and serums and they've done them really well they've you know they've got a really great strategy. So having a good product that has that level of transparency doesn't have to come at a higher price. It can also be for fifteen dollars. So mm. there's a lot of mm-hmm. options there, but it's about the way it communicates. And I've picked those two products out because I use them both. Um, they they do what they say. Um, they don't overpromise, and you look at the companies behind them, and there's a lot of transparency and openness about what it is their product does and where it comes from.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: So your mother, Helene Abicare, created her beauty therapy college in 1958. Did this inspire you to have a career in the beauty industry?
2: It's the singular reason I'm here today.
1: Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because you've got a lot of knowledge, like, you know, when yeah. you say skin health and stuff like that, obviously you've got that you maybe learnt that from your mum. Look, 100%. Look,
2: where how I fell, I literally fell into this area. I mean, the, the hopefully one minute story is, I was at uni studying Criminology and Political Science, and I knew what my mum did, and obviously, you know, you, you grow up in the industry, but it wasn't really something I came out of school and said, I want to do cosmetics, um, and literally walked into her office, which is in Collins Street at the time, just after uni one day, to literally get a ride home, and my brother who was working there said, it was almost a case of, um, I quit, I'm going to Perth, <laughs> and um, I was like, OK, and he basically handed me the folders and said, here, you do it. And um, it was just this one moment where if my brother didn't do that, I would be, I don't know, I'd probably be a lawyer today. Um, mm. And you fall into it by circumstances. But then once again, you're the next generation, a new set of eyes and you see what's possible. So that got me into the industry. And then from there, um, I worked in Europe and US um, quite a lot then for the next you know, 20 years, I mean, a lot of marketing, distribution and manufacturing areas. Um, So, yeah, it's one of these things where it happens. You see what, then you get to see the other other side to it. And I think that coming in from the education side initially also sort of peeled back a lot of the the marketing speaking, got into the technical realities. And I think that, you know, education is never going to go astray at, at that level.
1: And what do you think one thing about the cosmetics manufacturing process is that would surprise beauty customers?
2: unglamorous side of it I would probably say. (laughs) Um, um, You have this beautiful product that you walk into a store and you buy online and it's lovely packaged. What you probably don't see behind it is a a 2,000 kilo tank. Mm. Uh, (laughs) The high-vis vest and I suppose really realistically like what actually goes into the product. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if you peel back Everything about manufacturing and you look at it, you know, it, it's like building blocks. So if you think about making a cake, you know, you have different stages, different some phases to add, add things. So you're, once you get to that baking stage, you know, it's not going to uh, collapse and it's going to be a beautiful cake. And, and it's no different. There's, there's a lot of science that goes into it. There's a lot of supply chain issues. So to have, you could have, you know, 20, 30 ingredients to have them all arrive there for that day, could have been months of work in advance just to make sure they get there on time. And then even before you get to that 2,000 kilo tank, you've got you know, potentially you know, hundreds of hours in development time to create that formula. You've got another three to four months of just basic testing to validate it's going to work. And so the day you open up that product, it could have been the product of thousands of, of hours of work, manufacturing, so that's the unglamorous side of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say not a day goes by when I go down to manufacturing. I don't, I don't come home with a stain on my clothing from something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've got a, we've got a pretty sizable skilled team. And I think that's the other side people think, don't, don't realize is that behind every product is people with skills. I'm sure they'll listen to it down the track, but a big call out to our chemists. I mean, they've, they've got the education, they've studied for years. And I think one thing we're really proud of is we've got a fairly young team as well. Um, and that's really relevant to our, our client base, you know, as in, and I, I probably see our company and our, our team as like that next generation. So, you know, quite often, you know, the, the, our consumers are the same age as our chemists and I think that's a really interesting perspective mm. to look at.
1: Mm.
0: And um, is, uh, you talked about packaging briefly, is product packaging purely an aesthetic choice or does a product formulation dictate the packaging options?
2: Um, a little bit of both. So, pull an example, like aluminium tubes are, are becoming a lot more popular. So that's an Mm -hmm. aesthetic aesthetic choice, can't speak there. There's elements of sustainability involved in in, in Mm -hmm. a packaging choice like that. But at the same time, the formula has to be as relevant. And, you know, the way of sort of thinking about if you've got a plastic tube in which there are some sustainable options, but a plastic tube, when you squeeze it, it it pops back. It's like literally sucks back. Whereas an aluminium tube, you squeeze it, there's no suck back. So you have to Mm -hmm. look at the formulation so the product doesn't just continually flow out Mm of the, the nozzle. So... Formulations have to be relevant to the packaging. We talk a lot about viscosity or how thick or thin a product is because that's got to be relevant to the pumps that are being used in a product. So there is a lot of thought process. So when we start a project, we always say to our clients, show me your packaging choices. Hmm. Pretty much we won't start a project until we can see what it's going to be filled in because if you don't start at that level, that's when all the unintended consequences come out down the track. So if you've you've ever, ever had a product where you go, this doesn't pump up. You know, you're pumping mm. it 20 times. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, mm. it's, either the, it's either the pump's faulty, which isn't always the case, or the product's way too thick for the pump. So mm-hmm. it's about developing those things in tandem. And, you know, one of the elements we, do, we talk about v- quite often is who, who's the intended audience? Who's our target market? So let's look at f- focusing on the packaging, the formulation, the experience as well because whilst our clients are the ones who pay us, the consumers are the ones who buy the product that you know, creates the whole economic chain. So it's really important to focus on that consumer experience.
1: Mm. Well, there's brands like Kevin Murphy who have completely switched over to using 100% of packaging made from ocean plastics, which is just, I feel like, an amazing feat to go after something like that. I imagine that process to develop um, eco-friendly packaging would be really expensive.
2: Oh, look, the ocean plastics area is phenomenally expensive because yeah, mm. it's, it's not just it's not just obviously about... Making that packaging, it's the sourcing of it as well, and yeah. I think that's fantastic. Look, let, let's take all the waste we have and, and use it for a, a really good purpose. But on the other side, I'd love to see more brands start at sustainable packaging. So mm-hmm. you know, look at materials that are going to uh, you know decompose over time, because not everything we mm-hmm. buy ever gets recycled. So let's look at things you know potentially that might be um, bioplastics or cornstarch based um, mm-hmm. and have them degrade quite rapidly. When they're exposed to uv and i think that's mm-hmm. that's an area that needs to be explored a lot more ocean plastic's great once we've solved that problem and we've cleaned that up hopefully that might happen within a couple of decades at the current rate um, mm-hmm. let's look at the next level and start doing it now and develop the technologies that are going to be affordable so recycling's one thing but eventually something is going to end up in landfill we want to see that decompose very fast
1: Yeah, Mm. that's a really good point. Well, this has been a really interesting chat. I feel like we could have, um, like now that we know what your expertise is, I'm like, I've got all these other questions. So if we get any questions from our audience um, off the back of this chat, we'll definitely make a time to chat to you again. Uh, But thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise on manufacturing with us.
2: Pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: What's your product you didn't know you needed today, Hannah? Mine
0: is a pack, so I'm actually it's three pro- three products in one.
1: Mm. Um, it's the That's Olaplex cheating.
0: number three, four, and eight repair pack. It's valued at 150, mm. but it's 135, and it's got um three of my fat. I'm obsessed with Olaplex at the moment. Isn't for the shampoo? So number three is the treatment. Number yeah. four's the the Bond shampoo, and number eight is the moisture mask. Okay. And that I am absolutely – I'm obsessed with Olaplex. One of the reasons I love Olaplex is because it's really good for dry, damaged hair, but it doesn't ever go oily or weigh the hair down. Your hair just feels like soft and stronger. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with Olaplex at the moment. So um, the number three is the treatment. Yes, that's the original pre-shampoo treatment. So you like Mm -hmm. leave that on and then – do you wash that out? I didn't know that. It says pre-shampoo treatment. Um, And then the number four is the shampoo. And I just like love the shampoo because it just, it doesn't weigh it down, but it doesn't strip the hair. It's just a really, Mm -hmm. really good shampoo. My sister and my mum both use that shampoo as well. And then the Olaplex number eight is this like intense moisture mask. It is so good for dry hair it's so hydrating but it's also really repairing it's like probably my favorite masks Mm -hmm. um but i think like this is really good value and you get all three together um and you like you will not be disappointed by any of those products like olaplex just do amazing amazing repair products
1: they really do. I've been using the number eight recently. I just haven't given it a good enough crack to, like, discuss with I love you it. yet. Okay. Um, but, yeah. I'm
0: really, really – I've almost finished. I'm on to my, like, third bottle of the shampoo mm-hmm. and I've used a couple of bottles of the number three, but the number eight is, like, hands down my favourite.
1: Have you used the Virtue Recovery shampoo? No, I haven't. Oh, I'd love for you to tell me what the comparison is. okay. Cause I, I think I've only used Olaplex shampoos like a couple of times as like a trial and then I brought them back to work. So I've actually yep. never used them for like a full bottle, but yeah. so maybe I should buy them next just to see, cause I am yeah. lightening my hair in two days. So Ooh, yes, it's going to be are. more damaged than it normally is.
0: Yeah. So I we'll would see.
1: start using that number eight. You probably keep,
0: just keep using your virtue and then add in the number yeah. eight. I love the number yeah. eight.
1: I'm also going to get back on the K18 cause I'd given it a little mm. bit of a break yeah Um, same i just i forget about products when they're in my cupboard so i need to get that back out again (laughs) um my product i didn't know i needed today is actually teeth whitening strips oh because we've got the podcast awards um Mm -hmm. i wanted to whiten my teeth and i'd been using the high smile toothpaste just as a Mm -hmm. little trial um, but i wanted a little bit of an extra whiten, so i tried out the high smile pap plus strips so mm-hmm. the Pat Plus is like their new technology. It's peroxide-free though, so it's an alternative to peroxide and it's meant to be clinically proven to whiten your teeth without causing that sensitivity or irritation that you can get from um, peroxide whitening products. Yeah. Um, so you're meant to leave them on for 30 minutes. I did that, just had a little bit of a lisp as I was talking, mm-hmm. but they're very like easy to wear. They stay on really well. And I definitely noticed even after one use of the strip that my teeth looked whiter. Like, I'm not joking. Like at least mm. one to two shades brighter. Um, so yeah, I would recommend giving them a crack. They are 49 mm. bucks. So I'd say that's Have you, probably. By the way, I've just I've yeah. just been sent this. Have you mm. seen the high smell? Ha- I've seen it, but <laughs> I haven't ads? used it yet. Cause I'm scared, because they look <laughs> like their tongue grows purple, and I'm scared <laughs> it's gonna discolor my mouth. The ads
0: are like Pretty persuasive. Maybe I'm you like, should try it now. Oh, my God. Okay. Can you brush your teeth with it now? <laughs> I think they just put it on with their finger, didn't they? Oh, all right. Give it Oh, no, back. it says do it with a toothbrush. Uh, should I grab a toothbrush? Yeah, grab
1: your toothbrush.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, a, it's like
1: a purple shampoo. Yeah, it is. It's meant to – they say it's like a purple shampoo for your teeth.
0: I've actually really wanted to try this because – I know. Think-
1: I've just been putting it off because I'm scared. <laughs> so this is it. <laughs> all right. Oh, it's really purple.
0: <laughs> it literally looks like purple shampoo. Is <laughs> oh, my oh my god. god this is embarrassing. <laughs> Refrain from rinsing mouth with water. Okay. Okay.
1: Oh, what well, you leave it on? Yeah. That looks so funny. <laughs> <It's absolutely scary. laughs> okay.
0: How long's two minutes? Oh, my oh, God. This is so You're probably bad. coming
1: up to two minutes now. So it's
0: like a
1: toner for your teeth. Yeah. It's definitely like a toner for your teeth. Do you reckon you notice a difference? Oh. They, your teeth are always so
0: white. I reckon. I reckon it's brightened it. It's meant to neutral, neutralise yellow tones. Okay. I reckon that's maybe, that's... maybe I'll give that a crack tonight. I think that's worked. But I, well, I don't understand... You can't refrain from rinsing your mouth with water. Are you just meant to walk around with purple
1: teeth? That can't be right. Surely it's like a certain amount of time you're meant to just leave it there and then wash it out. Surely. Do not
0: swallow. Refrain from rinsing mouth with water.
1: Okay. All right. I reckon it's (laughs) worked. Well, that's $35 and the strips are $49. So how interesting. I've never heard of a colour. I've never heard of color of a colour. No, I think this is honestly like a world first in teeth whitening. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's my product I didn't know I needed. That was fun. Cool. Oh. <laughs> did
0: you see um, Did you see J-Lo and Ben Affleck romantically kissing yes. at the airport? Oh. I was going to
1: send that to you. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was going to
0: send it to you too. I like <laughs> almost died. It was the cute. They looked like teenagers in love. I just feel like because she's 52 and I feel like this is like I actually now do believe this is like the love of her life. Yeah. And she's like, this is it for them. Yep. And, I, and I was on, I was a guest on a podcast last night and we were talking about like soul connections. Mm. And I said, because I was
1: obviously talking about Machine
0: Gun Kelly and Megan Fox yeah. and I'm like, you obviously. know, she, she didn't meet him until her mid, well, how old is she now?
1: She's 34, I think, or
0: 35. And she has like pretty much said like she had never felt like that before.
1: Yeah. And so she'd been married. That's, that's harsh for the ex-husband to hear. And then
0: the other person we talked about was Courtney and Travis. And I don't think Courtney's ever felt this way. And she's
1: in her 40s. Yeah. Like, this, is,
0: this is obviously, like, I don't reckon she's ever felt that in love
1: before. Well, she was in a very toxic relationship. So I think this for her is probably just a new experience But overall. I think this gives
0: you hope that, like, between 35 and 45, that, mm-hmm. like, it's possible to meet someone, like, have a feeling that you've never had before.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, she managed to get Travis back on a plane. So. Oh, I know. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> do we need to get lives? We sound like
0: such losers right now. Yeah, I know. We do. We really do. I'm like, just obsessed with celebrities' love lives. I have a date. I have a date tonight. So. Oh. Yeah.
1: Leave that to the last minute.
0: But you've been on a few. Have you been on any dates recently? Did you go on any on the weekend?
1: Mm, no. No. Nah. Okay. No. Nah. Okay. Just just getting my study done I think maybe we'll once just that's done reassess things in January yep. um I mean the upcoming episode with the psychic does give us an insight yes. into when we can expect to meet our future husbands so yeah that'll be interesting um but until then you guys I'm just hear that. I'm just that's chilling good. out until then
0: <sighs> that's so beauty related psychic greetings I love it yeah <laughs>
1: We've really deviated, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) It's what happens when no one's supervising us. I know. (laughs) Does anyone in the door even listen anymore? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Uh, All right. All right. See ya. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.